on the show today, Christian trauma. That was air quotes. But before that, in our look at the news, we just want to highlight two stories. One good story from the state of Utah and one bad story from our state, New Mexico. All right, let's get to it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer, alongside my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hello there. (laughs) And we are so glad that you're here today. Um, If you're new, don't let the name fool you. We are very religious, but this country and the world that we find ourselves in is not. It's increasingly secular, increasingly religionless, you could say. And that, at least in part, is where the name of the podcast comes from. So we're going to be doing today what we always try to do um, try to take a look at the news the world around us and you know figure out how we can live in this crazy secular world and keep our eyes fixed on Christ so we hope we're going to be able to help you with that today as well and i will just mention and especially if you're new here uh we are recording on location right now which is why we're podcast only typically we would have a video Um, podcast with this as well but we're on location on vacation and uh, we wanted to make sure we got this episode out so if you're new and you're like boy that wasn't the best podcast well consider giving us monday through friday listening to the daily devotionals and then come back next saturday when we'll be home in a regular recording uh, environment and give us another try there If you were on the fence already, like, boy, this podcast is really getting off the rails. (laughs) Don't judge us on this episode. Again, stick around till next week and maybe we can win you back. But uh, we do have some good news story. Well, not good. The news is never good, but it's stuff we're going to talk about. And uh, we do want to discuss a Bible topic today, like Nikki said, Christian trauma. So that's what we're going to discuss on the back half of this podcast um, in our Bible topic. So lot to discuss. Before we get to all of it, do you have anything you'd like to say, honey? Prayer requests, anything of that sort? Yeah, just praise God that we made it through uh, Los Angeles traffic. Um, That was a little scary. Had to hit the brakes uh, several times. (laughs) I'm just amazed. Nobody rear-ended us. Um, Yeah, it's just... I'm just so thankful we're here. It was beautiful. I I did not know California was so pretty. I've never been to California, but I was like, wow, it's so vast. The mountains are beautiful. Um, for a few hours we're driving and, and then we hit LA and still beautiful. But yeah. the traffic. <laughs> if you've never been to Southern California. Uh, You know, a lot of it's not like you would expect, you know, getting into the Mojave Desert, not something you would expect in Southern California, how vast and empty it is. And then just, yeah, the beauty of L.A., you know, we kind of braved the L.A. traffic and it is maybe disconcerting. Almost 18 years of marriage, not one single car accident we've ever been in. And yet Nikki still gets nervous with the drive. Why did you say that? about it so but we did brave the traffic we fought across uh la to get to uh highway one because we wanted to drive up the coast and it was better than we were hoping for Mm -hmm. very beautiful you can see why the cost of living is so high here 
And uh, it is a bit of a shame that a land as beautiful as California is as uh, wicked <laughs> in so many ways as it is. But everybody the, we've run into today has been very, very nice and friendly people here. Yeah, and that's certainly a misconception. You know, you get the wave tops when you're, you know, watching the news and seeing the policies, but the people are people. Yeah. You know, and when you're talking to them one on one or whatever, um, they're good people. So, and we are here on Sunday to go to John MacArthur's church. That's also where I go to seminary at the Master Seminary. So, we wanted to make it out here and see the church and bring the kids out here. So, just pray for us that the rest of the trip goes as well. Nikki puts a little bit of faith in me in my driving, and we actually make it home safely next week. <laughs> and, um, Oh, the funny thing about grocery shopping here, I've heard of this, but you have to pay for your plastic grocery bags. So we used two before we realized we have to pay 10 cents per bag. And then we loaded all the rest of our groceries up just in the cart with no bags. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because as we're loading them, Nikki's like, ooh, these are nice bags. <laughs> and then we get done. They're like, how many bags would you like to buy? And you're like, oh, that's why they're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense now. But uh, yeah, they do have top-notch grocery bags in California. They're like, they just remind me of like the bags you'd get at like, um, like a clothing store. Like they're just a little, I don't know, like the Maurice's bags, because that's where I like to buy clothes. Yeah, they're nice. They're just like a... Why are we yeah. talking about grocery bags? <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, they're nice. But yeah, so pray for us there. Um, and just pray that we would not be... I guess, do anything that would spoil our good time here. We have a dog with us. And <laughs> Lord have mercy on our souls. Anyways. And we have our three guinea pigs with us. Yes, but they're pleasant creatures. Um, <laughs> all right, enough talk about that nonsense. It's funny. It's news. It's our, our light-hearted news yes, before we, we get into it. Yes, we want you guys it. to get, come to know us and, you know, build a relationship with us. <laughs> and uh, that's built through our exploits as a family. So uh, if you've been to California, let us know in the comments uh, what you think. If you're on social media, maybe listen to this on Facebook. Let us know. Uh, we'd certainly enjoy sharing some stories. But before we get into the news, let me just get some plugs out of the way here. We are proud members of the Christian Podcast Community. Uh, you can Go to christianpodcastcommunity.org. You can look up Christian Podcast Community on any podcasting platform you listen to. And uh, the beautiful thing is you subscribe to just that feed and you get access to about 60 good Christian podcasts. We're on there. Blessed to be so. And um, we'll include a link if you want to go and listen. We are just on the Theology Throwdown. They do those once a month uh, on I don't remember what days, Mondays, I think once a month. And it's whoever from the Christian podcast community that wants to jump on and discuss a topic. They always pick a rent, you know, one topic to discuss. We talked about sort of childhood education this month. It was a great discussion. So you can go give that a listen if you'd like, but yeah, go find Christian podcast community. I think you'd be blessed by what they produce there. And uh, also you guys know we love Team Cardinal, Cardinal Contingency Solutions. Uh, I can't stress highly enough that if you're a church, a missionary organization, a first responder of any sort, um, 
please reach out to Cardinal. They are the best in the world at training for messaging, counter messaging, counter exploitation, not to mention, you know, uh, how do you handle yourself in foreign environments that are chaotic? You know, what assets are available to you? How do you contact those assets to get yourself safe, get yourself home, get your team safe, all those sorts of things. They train the U.S. military. They train the special forces members to do much the same thing when they're in foreign nations. And uh, if they can train those jarheads, which I'm one, I say that lovingly, uh, then they can certainly train you good godly men and women who have been blessed with the mind of Christ. They can certainly help you. And they're godly folks as well. So reach out to Cardinal. I'm sure they have something that you could benefit from. And last plug, before we get into the news, the shameless plug here. If you guys would or have the desire to help this podcast in any way, we have some affiliate links down in the show notes. Christianbooks.com, Amazon, Best Buy. You buy anything from those affiliate links, we get a small percentage at no extra cost to you. It does help us, uh, you know, purchase the things that we need to purchase, like a new laptop. <laughs> because just as we were about to hit the road, knowing that we had to record on the laptop, my laptop decided to essentially melt itself, which is awesome. And uh, so I had to rush out to the store. It melted the hard drive. Uh, that's a long story. If you care to find out, let me know on social media. I'll explain it to you. And uh, the laptop went through a lot of issues, didn't have enough time to get a new one. So we just, Lord willing, it's going to work. And um, so if you want to help the podcast at all, use the affiliate links. There's also, I think, buymeacoffee.com. You can check that out. Support us there. We would absolutely be blessed if you would consider that. So, all right, enough of the plugs, time for the music. Mm-hmm. We definitely need the music this week. We are about to take our weekly trek through the valley of the shadow of death as we take a look at the news of the week. And we do just want to get the bad out of the way first. And uh, this first news story, you know, we mentioned we had a bad story and a good story. We'll get the bad out of the way. But this story is also going to be our prayer request. So please pray for New Mexico, the state that we live in. You know, California, uh, New York, Illinois, you know, they get all the tension for being, you know, these like liberal satanic wastelands. <laughs> but New Mexico is becoming every bit California and Illinois. So this new story here, it comes from Hobbs, New, Mex uh, New Mexico. So do you want to just read this headline, honey, and then the first paragraph. Mm -hmm. New Mexico mother, Alexis Avila, seen throwing newborn in dumpster in Hobbs, found guilty. Yeah, you want to just read those first two paragraphs? And we'll have all these news stories linked down in the show notes so you can go give them a, a read. Um, if you, I don't know, want to cry yourself to sleep tonight, you can go read this story. A New Mexico mother who was caught on video throwing her newborn child into a dumpster was found guilty of attempted first-degree murder and child abuse, resulting in great bodily harm on Friday. Avila was 18 years old when she committed the crime, 
just hours after giving birth on January 7th, 2022. Yeah, so horrifying, <clears throat> absolutely horrifying video. Uh, I It was stomach turning the mm -hmm. first time I watched it. Just to see the way that she handles this yeah. child. It's crazy to think a human being could handle a child in this way. Um, but as it says, this happened January 7th. The reason we're talking about it now is she was just sentenced mm -hmm. this week. Um, so this young lady, Alex Avila, or Alexis Avila, I'm sorry. She was given a 16-year sentence for committing this crime. But, you know, in the state of New Mexico... If she would have just gone to a planned parenthood a few hours earlier, two or three hours earlier, right before she gave birth to this child, she would have gone to Planned Parenthood and had an abortionist maybe perform something like a partial birth abortion. Uh, NPR, an article I read, they call it the dilation and extraction abortion. Doesn't that sound more surgical and medical? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a DX abortion. And uh, if she would have just gone there, no harm, no foul. So just for educational purposes, uh, a dilation and extraction abortion, according to NPR, involves dilating the woman's cervix, then pulling the fetus through, uh, through it feet first until only the head remained inside. Using scissors or another sharp instrument, the head is then punctured and the skull compressed so it too could fit through the dilated cervix. Doesn't that sound surgical, medical, wonderful? Doesn't it say, um, she said in the article, or maybe it was another article, that she didn't know that she was pregnant until like the day before she gave birth. Yeah, she makes a claim in there that she didn't realize that she was pregnant. And then <clears throat> she threw the baby in the dumpster in a sense because she was afraid of what her parents would say. I just don't believe that. Like, it doesn't just because you're afraid of what someone's going to think doesn't mean you just carelessly toss a baby in the air in a bag. I mean, the baby was put in the bag with trash and she just threw it up into the air, tossed it into the air and it landed in the trash bin. That has an attitude of, like, I'm angry, I don't want this, like, whatever. Like, yeah, she I mean, was, like, had, like, hateful feelings toward the baby. Like, I don't know who the father was, I don't know the situation, but it seemed the way she did it was, like, nothing to do with you. Yeah, I mean, certainly. And, you know, we've talked about these sorts of crimes against children before, it takes a real darkness in your soul to be able to treat a child that way, you know. So there might have been some fear there for sure. Um, but that's fear mixed with a whole lot of evil, <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, to think that, OK, I'm scared of my parents and I have a child. And in your mind, somehow tossing a live child into a dumpster with trash is the better option to you. That takes a level of... Well, doesn't an abortion cost them, like, a few hundred dollars at least, though? I mean, she had the baby. Like, she didn't sure. have... She wouldn't have had time if she didn't know she was pregnant, if that's true. But, like, 
And it doesn't necessarily go into that. I mean, obviously the girl, I think, pled like not guilty, but she was found guilty. So I doubt she copped to any of this that I didn't want to pay for. You know, what we read in the story and what she said was she was scared of her parents. She didn't realize she was pregnant. But just the point <laughs> that she throws a baby into this dumpster. But if she would have gone to Planned Parenthood in New Mexico just a few hours earlier, they would have performed a partial birth abortion. And, you know, they would have murdered the child for her and thrown it in a dumpster for her. Mm -hmm. And then she would have been able to go home scot-free. Right. Other than her right. mind and her soul being scarred and damaged for the rest of her life. Like, but can you really blame her? Can you really think, well, this is what society teaches was what she was doing really wrong because society says abortion's not wrong. So what's the difference? Why? How can society judge her? Well, and that was my big takeaway from reading this story, because in New Mexico, abortion is legal no matter what for any reason for as far along as you are there is no uh, cutoff date in new mexico and there's also no waiting period and they don't notify your parents uh, either so i'm sure she could have been confused that like mm -hmm. okay you were just gonna murder the baby and toss it in a dumpster i just threw it in a dumpster why am i going to jail and you would have been a medical professional doing you know, mm -hmm. you would have been a, a hero of the women's rights movement and all this, you know, Why nonsense. didn't she just say that? Why couldn't that have just been her argument? I don't like, know that she was at, you know, she would have been it probably. I don't know. We don't know the truth. Maybe she really was scared, but yeah. But ultimately, this state needs prayer. And its leaders, I would say, need prayer, but they need judgment. You know, they're wicked men and women leading... You don't push and advocate for, you know, abortion for any reason up until one second before the baby pops out if you're not an evil and wicked person. So this state needs prayer. Um, but, you know, even, you know, thinking about this, the leaders here, and this is what's perplexing to me, and it's the same in places like California, New York. All these, you know, sort of liberal, satanic strongholds, they can't offer a legitimate reason why this young woman should be sentenced to prison. Mm -hmm. She got 16 years in prison, but they advocate and endorse her killing that child just so long as it's done at a Planned Parenthood, for example. So because she had the child and she threw it in a dumpster alive... Or, and it's still alive. The baby's alive. It was rescued. So because Yeah, we can't the, leave that part out. <laughs> yeah, the baby did survive. So there was a couple that came along and found the baby. Like, they were dumpster diving for whatever reason, by the grace of God, maybe divine providence. I think it was like five hours after. Yeah, the baby was there for a long time. But by the grace of God, they went to this dumpster, they heard the baby crying, and they, they rescued it. So the baby's alive. Mm -hmm. But because this woman... Alexis threw the baby in the dumpster and it's alive. She gets to spend the next 16 years in prison. But as we said before, if she would have just gone a few hours earlier and had the child murdered at the hands of an abortionist, I mean, she'd be a feminist hero right now, Gosh. right? She'd be an independent woman, whatever that means. 
<sighs> but does this make any sense to anybody? And I would say no, because it's demonic and Satan seeks only chaos and destruction. And sadly, the leaders of New Mexico, well, they serve their father, the devil. Yep. So an absolutely gut-wrenching story that's immensely perplexing to me uh, to live in a society where, hey, if you have someone that wears scrubs, you know, vacuum your baby's brains out as long as it's still moderately inside your cervix, you're good to go. If that head pops one centimeter out and you, you know, drop it off the table and it bumps its head and dies, you go to prison. That make any sense to anybody, right? Mm -hmm. But just had to get that off my chest. Sorry, that story maybe hits close to home because I live in that state. But also... In response to this story, I saw another article. So this was New Mexico's response to this horrific baby tossed in a dumpster story. Uh, their great plan was to install a few new baby safe boxes. So instead of throwing your baby into a dumpster like Alexis did, you can now throw in a nice sounding baby safe box. Like is this, do they think this is so common that they need these boxes? In several, I don't yes. know, zip codes. It's apparently common enough that they've had some and they've installed three more. So if you're unfamiliar with what a baby safe box is, they keep them at like hospitals, fire departments, and these places. And it's essentially a place where I think up until 90 days after you've given birth, you can just take your child in, put it in a baby safe box, you know, answer a few questions, sign a few documents, and you walk out without a baby. Which is far better than tossing a baby into a dumpster or having its brain sucked out by a murderer in scrubs. But still, their solution isn't, let's get women the help they need to raise these babies. Let's, you know, give them counseling. Let's give them training and education on how to be a mother. Let's give them resources. Help them rate. The solution is just... Toss the baby in a different box. Maybe this is just for the ones that really are like so ashamed and their life is miserable. And maybe the, maybe it is for those women who just want to protect their babies. I mean, I personally think it's it's something for those women who would who are not stable in their mind to just do something, you know, like that. I mean, it's better than I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's certainly a upgrade of an option to right. what uh, the option Alexis chose. But again, nowhere in their story is let's help women, you know, let first off, nowhere in the story is let's encourage them not to have sex until they're married. That's not even an option. You know, let's not encourage them to have safe sex. Let's not encourage them to, you know, it's just... You want to get rid of the baby, you can go to Planned Parenthood or you can dump it in a baby safe box and go about your business. So, um, but if again, somebody's I mean, there and they're answering questions, then why, why is the box necessary? Did you say they have to like fill out a, something? I don't know. Or... And go check out the story of the baby safe box that we have because it looks like an oven door. 
that's <laughs> being closed I on his face. I didn't see it, I guess. Yeah. It's just like a metal box with like a pad inside of it. Oh my gosh. So horrific story. The leaders of New Mexico. Uh, I don't want to so say weird. anything I regret about them, but they need prayer. And if God's judgment came on them, I promise you I would not be crying myself to sleep. But I do hope that they would give their heart to the Lord and turn back from their evil and wicked ways. But uh, pray for New Mexico. Pray for Alexis, of course. She's serving a lot of time in prison. Uh, pray that God would reach down and, and save her soul as well. And um, also, of course, pray for the child. You know, that's going to be a lifetime probably uh, issue to deal with if it ever comes to light that this young child is the one whose mom didn't want him and tossed him in a Gosh. dumpster. That's going to be a hard thing for a kid to reckon with. So that video is out there. Like right. that kid is going to see the video someday. That's just. Yeah. So pray for all the parties involved. Um, and, you know, maybe just pray for our nation as well, because New Mexico is not unique in this type of situation. This, um, this view on life the precious, uh, the preciousness of life is um, widespread in our nation. Many estates and many leaders feel much the same way about children as the leaders of New Mexico. They don't really care about them at all. And that's a shame. We need new godly and righteous leaders to be um, raised up and take their place for sure. Mm -hmm. So that's the bad Get the bad out of the way first, right? Whenever you have an option, you got good news and bad news. What do you want first? You always take the bad news first, right? So we're going to end our news stories here with a look at the good news. And um, do you want to read this headline, honey? And then those first couple of paragraphs. Uh, Pornhub blocks Utah in protest of new age verification law. Woo! <laughs> uh, it says Pornhub, one of the largest adult content websites on the internet, has blocked Utahns from viewing the site in an apparent protest of a new law forcing stricter age verification measures. Website visitors from Utah started noticing the block on Monday morning. At first, Pornhub posted 403. This state is not whitelisted. 403 is a computer code for a forbidden site. Later in the day, the site was changed to a lengthy message to users notifying them of why they were blocked. As you may know, your elected officials in Utah are requiring us to verify your age before allowing you access to our website. While safety and compliance are at the forefront of our mission, Giving your ID card every time you want to visit an adult platform is not the most effective solution for protecting our users and, in fact, will put children and your privacy at risk, the site's message read. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. like, who knew that all it took to stop these evil websites was to simply make sure they verified the users were actually adults? And in Pornhub... <laughs> You know, in their statement, I'll just read this portion again here. They said, while safety and compliance are at the forefront of our mission, giving your ID card every time you want to visit an adult platform is not the most effective solution for protecting our users. 
and in fact, will put children and your privacy at risk. Now, this, of course, is a lie. But why would that, you know, surprise you from evil people? Uh, this Can is you porn. explain why, why they would say, how would that put children at risk if an adult is using their ID to get on there? I couldn't fathom a reason why asking for extra verification would cause children to be put at risk. Yeah. And if their privacy is at risk, well, that's Pornhub's fault. Just like it is with any website when they get hacked or anything like that, it's their fault for their security measures lapsing. So it's not your fault that you put in your ID and then some hacker steals your information. Me and Nikki were talking about this. This is probably more of just, it puts you at risk if you're a Pornhub user, because if it gets hacked, your information becomes exposed. If you guys remember years ago when Ashley Madison was hacked and Ashley Madison was that website, it was kind of pitched as like an adultery website where married people mm-hmm. would go on to find adulterous hookups. It was for married people. Yeah. So that's why it was very, um, a very big deal when it got hacked and people's information was exposed so that wives and husbands could look and be like, why is my husband's name on Ashley Madison's oh website? Gosh. That's a hard thing to explain away. Same thing here. Now, if you get hacked and whatever, you find out your pastor's name was registered to Pornhub. Wow. That's not a good spot for them. So it puts their privacy at risk for sure because porn makes its living by being kept in the dark, right? It's nameless, faceless on mm-hmm. the internet. And people, you know, that's how we convince ourselves that it's not hurting anybody. I'm just doing it, you know, whatever. But now if your name gets leaked, that does cause you a lot of damage. Now, how does it hurt kids? Of course it doesn't. You know, um, it would only help protect kids. But um, you have to also keep in mind, right? These are evil people. They run a sexually immoral, uh, not to mention criminally illegal enterprise. And this is Pornhub, you know, a company who just, I think we even talked about this last year. Um, They were just sued for profiting from videos featuring minors. So those children, they're desperately looking to protect. Right. Minors and sex trafficked women. They're making money off those women as well. So safety and compliance are not at the forefront of their mission. No. Um, And just think how stupid that statement is from Pornhub. Like asking you to verify a child's age puts them at risk. And, you know, the only reason I could think that it would put a child in any sort of risky situation um, is if your goal, like we would also lump in the LGBTQ community, you know, if your goal is to pervert children and groom them into a sexually immoral lifestyle, then yeah, not having access to them is sort of dangerous to your kind of perverted lustful desires you Mm -hmm. run the risk of not perverting more children and that's dangerous for places like Pornhub the LGBTQ mob um, because they desperately need the children you know these kids might actually grow up like children innocent Um, so huge kudos to Utah I think you should send your congressmen your state legislators your Mayor, whoever, whoever you got an email uh, contact for, 
and tell them to pass whatever law it was that Utah passed. Yeah. <laughs> and get yourself blacklisted from Pornhub. What a glorious day that would be to have every, you know, porn user in your state log in on a Monday and you get whitelisted or you get the, the whitelist email from Pornhub. Um, that would be a glorious day. Yeah. So, so that's, I mean, it'd be a far better day if nobody logged into Pornhub. But we got a long way to go in this country before we get there. Let's start with first is getting Pornhub shut down and uh, then we can move on from there. So do you have any last thoughts on these two news stories before we move into our Bible topic for the day? Uh, nope. I will just say one last thing on the Pornhub story here. Uh, it's frustrating because these options have been around forever. Uh, you know, this wasn't like some cosmic um, bill that took years of fighting. And they just simply said, hey, can you verify the user's age when they log in? And it ground Pornhub to a, to a halt. So you have to scratch you know, your head and think, why didn't somebody do this sooner? Mm -hmm. uh, so, again, it's frustrating that like... <laughs> Why is this happening now? Why not throw a roadblock in front of roadblock, you know, at these companies that, I mean, again, it's not like they're just pushing pornography. That's bad enough. And it's ruined our society. It's ruined marriages and so many other things for decades, as long as the Internet's been around. But they're soliciting and they're profiting off of minors and sex trafficked women, right. not to mention probably the amount of drug abuse that goes on with people that are in the porn industry. Uh, they're facilitating that as well. These are criminal organizations, these pornography websites, and they should be treated as such. They should they be. Are. Yeah. Um, I mean, we should have the full force of the government um, aimed at these people to run them out of business and yep. make their lives miserable. But so email. It's an easy thing. If it's that easy, hey, that verify easy. their age. <laughs> uh, okay, we can't do that. Well, then shut your business down. So great news story there. Pray for Alexis Avila in New Mexico. And um, with that said, we're going to try to roll in here to our Bible topic. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. Now, on to the Bible topic of Christian trauma with air quotes. And this may not be the best term for what I want to talk about. I've kind of been pitching this idea rolling around in my head for the last couple of weeks. Although this week is probably a bad week to discuss it because we were crunched for time and we're on the road and all that sort of stuff. But I think you could maybe 
even classify this better as Christian whining. Uh, I think that might be a better term, but it just seems harsh for mm. godly folks and don't want to be unnecessarily harsh. But I do hope that after we discuss this, I'll get my point across. And uh, I will just mention before we dive into the topic here that, you know, it's hard to really talk about anything of consequence in the world today without giving plenty of caveats first. Um, so we will give our caveats here as well. We are not trying to discount any sort of real trauma that people suffer. Uh, we understand and we feel sorrow for anybody, you know, that have suffered real trauma in their lives. This, however, what we're discussing today is not real trauma. Mm -mm. At least we would not consider it so. If you disagree with us, let us know, jump on social media, and pray for us that our hearts would be softened. We'd certainly appreciate that. But the Christian trauma that I've been seeing and that's really been driving me crazy is kind of this delusional, nonsensical trauma that you see on social media. And I know, right, social media is kind of like <laughs> a hellscape for the narcissistic loudmouths. You know, the hyperbolic and the bomb throwers are the ones that seem to get all the attention. So you're getting a real bad sample size, right? When you take your information from social media. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's where I saw it the most. So that's the reason why I decided to talk about it. Because there's obviously real people on the other end of those Twitter handles who are really thinking this, even if they're bomb throwers or hyperbolic or whatever. Um, they're still real people. You know, and I'm not going to necessarily question or doubt their faith per se, uh, but I will question and doubt their mindset to consider this, what they've gone through as being some sort of life changing traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. um, so I figured I'd seen enough of it that it warranted a discussion. And I'll just read a like I saw this example just recently and I thought, oh, that's kind of exactly what I was thinking of. And this is from somebody, I don't know who it is, but it showed up on my feed. And they said, the teachings of Bauckham, they're talking about Vody Bauckham, and other promoters of Christian patriarchy were extremely harmful in my life. Because of these teachings, I was a stay-at-home daughter until I was 25 years old. So Christian patriarchy ruined, ravaged this young woman's life, I guess. And I read another one. I mean, I've read dozens of these, which is why it warranted a discussion. But one of them was like, if you've had a relationship ended because your like, male partner was a complementarian or had complementarian beliefs, then you've suffered Christian trauma. And I was like, what? So if your husband or your boyfriend believes that male headship in the home and in the church, you suffered Christian trauma. So trauma, they mean the person was traumatized by it, like they're affected long term because of it. Yeah, like their life mean? is altered <laughs> forever because of this complementarian view of relationships that they had to suffer or this Christian patriarchy in Vody Bauckham's case, their dad thought that men should be the heads of their um, household and um, ruined a woman's life. <laughs> that's just the way 
it should be. I mean, I agree with that. I know our culture is like, you're 18, you're an adult, get out of the house. But I mean, I agree with Malcolm's view. Of course I do. It's biblical. Now, I will say again, caveats on top of caveats. There are the examples where there have been abusive fathers who might have claimed some sort of Christian um, reasoning for their abuse. If that's the case for you, we certainly feel sorry for you. This is not what we're talking about. Well, that tweet you read didn't mention abuse. It just said I was a stay-at-home daughter. What's right. traumatizing again, about so, that? And again, Twitter, right? You're just getting sort of wave tops. You don't know the backstories. So we just want to make that case. There are abusive people. There are those relationships that are traumatic. That's not what we're talking about. Um, but the reason that this whole thing jumped out to me, you know, and there was really a big stretch that came right after the story about the counseling practices at Grace Community Church. If you guys remember that story, I think it was, you know, maybe in March or whatever it came out, the story about the lady, and I'm going to get this name wrong and someone's going to tell me I'm insensitive. It's either Eileen or Elaine Gray. I think it's Eileen, but forgive me either way if I'm wrong. But after that story came out, which we're not going to rehash here, we spoke about it at length. If you want to go and give that episode a listen, you can find it on the channel. But after that report came out, there was a lot of activity on social media about women that claimed abuse, you know, that was done to them either in the church or in the home, whatever it happens to be. And, uh, you know, we obviously don't know anything about that, so we're not going to comment necessarily on those, the truthfulness of those claims. But shortly after, you know, the comments became of the nature of what I just read, you know, those that are looking to claim Christian trauma over, you know, this, their family members adhering to scripture, mm-hmm. or as we would claim Christian victimhood, and is I think a better term for it, Christian victimhood, at least that's the way it reads to us. So, you know, started seeing a lot of comments, like I just read to you about Vody Bakum or the, hey, if you're in a complementarian relationship, that's Christian trauma. You're being abused and oppressed. You know, these sort of complementarian views on marriage are oppressive to women. All this sort of nonsense. Um, and I guess even more shameful, you'd see a lot of women commenting on that, you know, that male headship um, and that sort of stuff is oppressive. But then you'd see men jumping on there, like backing up the women You know, these feminist men who are worse than the feminist women, these feminist men sort of, you know, come into the defense of these women about this kind of diabolical plot of these men that are claiming Christianity to basically treat their women like slaves. You know, that's kind of what they're implying that uh, men only adhere to complementarianism because they just want to be, you know, oppressive and treat their women like slaves. That's the only reason that they um hold these beliefs so you can see how this is an attack on christianity how this could be turned you know political well and it has and it is but you can just see the direction it's going yeah feminism hates christianity and as we've given in as a nation to the will and the whims of feminists um, they've really sunk their teeth into Christianity. They're coming for it. And, you know, the feminist men are right there for whatever reason. You know, they're just trying to get a, a woman to cuddle up to them. So they'll they'll say anything, defend anything. Um, 
these sort of feminist men, but yeah, feminism hates Christianity and they'll weaponize, you know, their victimhood, however they have to, Mm -hmm. to come after Christianity. But, um, really, I think this victimhood culture, I mean, this is a national crisis in our country, Mm -hmm. this victimhood culture, and it's definitely infecting the church. And I think we need to be talking about it. And we need to be speaking about this victimhood mindset for Christians. Um, because it's not just necessarily the feminists that are claiming this sort of patriarchal oppression, Christian trauma type stuff. But this is really the foundation of a lot of affirmation preachers. You know, mm-hmm. they'll say stuff, you'll hear it all the time from the LGBTQ, you know, this community. That, oh, they've suffered trauma for years from being rejected by the church and being told that their lifestyles were wrong and sinful. And that's traumatizing to them. You know, so now you got the Andy Stanleys of the world and they're here to tell these, you know, oppressed and traumatized LGBTQ Christians that, you know, you were really treated improperly. And now Andy Stanley's here for you. And now God's going to welcome you with open arms. You know, it's a new day. All those oppressive, patriarchal, you know, Bible adhering Christians, their days are done. (sighs) Andy Stanley's here. And, you know, this may largely be an American phenomenon, or maybe it's more like a Western Christian phenomenon, uh, because we're just so affluent in this country that we really just have a lot of time to sit around and make up problems for ourselves. But that doesn't mean it shouldn't be addressed. It should be addressed. Because, at least according to Spencer, uh, this victimhood mindset the victim mindset, you know, really in all of its forms, it's weakness. Um, and not to mention it's unbiblical really to think that somehow your life should be pain free and problem free. That's an unbiblical mindset to have. And when your mindset is that, then anytime trouble comes your way, even when it's trouble in the form of somebody going, Hey man, what you're doing sinning and wrong. If your mindset is victimhood, now that's oppressive and it's just a weak right. mindset. Um, do you want to read John 16, 33? At least part of John 16, 33. Do you have it pulled up? I have it pulled up. It says, in the world, you will have tribulation. That's pretty simple, right? In the world, you will have tribulation. So it's in this victimhood thing. It's to the point where even speaking biblical truth or speaking against sin in other people's lives means you're an oppressor in their victims and they're traumatized. Yep. I think I traumatized that lady with that comment the other day and then I got banned from that page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got banned from like our local, you know, uh, community page. Because it was like, hey, you know, it's for Pride Month. We got all these Pride events and here's what Pride is. And Pride's great. And Pride means... And it was just like Pride, 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 Pride. So Nikki just put down, you know, just the FYI. Yeah. The root of all sin. Or Pride is the root of all sins. And it's the reason Satan was cast out of mm-hmm. heaven. And then, of course, we got the uh, 
the standard, your bigotry will not be tolerated, you're banned. Yeah, I'm hateful. That was hateful. Which is funny to think of, right? Because on an open forum, we presented a biblical worldview Mm -hmm. and we were banned as bigots. So the people who banned our speech get to call us bigots. But we didn't like ban them and say we weren't going to have any of their speech. They banned our speech. So you think in reality, they were the bigots. They didn't have any tolerance for our views. Yet we're the ones that got banned. So it's kind of backwards, the world that we live in, right? But (laughs) I mean, it's come to... And typically we wouldn't say something like that. We understand it's June coming up, right? There's gay pride month, all that sort of stuff. But it was just so much of the word pride because they've really dumped off the gay pride part. Yeah. It's all pride month, pride, 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 pride. And you're like, somebody should say something about the sin of pride. Because, you know, they're really trying to sell you on the idea that pride is a good thing. You should be proud of this and proud of that and proud of yourself and find pride in everything about yourself. And you're like, no, you shouldn't. You're a wretched sinner. <laughs> you shouldn't it be is crazy. proud of that. Um, and that's not just the LGBTQ community. We're all wretched sinners. None of us should have pride in ourselves. Pride in your sin. There's no shame. Yeah, they have no shame in their sin. It's just celebrated. Yeah. So it's individuality. We're celebrating our individuality. I think that was one of the things that was in that post that she said. Yes, you can celebrate. But we can't how we celebrate all go to who we are uniquely. <laughs> we can't celebrate though. <laughs> no, no, we can't celebrate our views. So, um, but I think with this too this sort of victimhood mindset. I think the modern American gospel or the modern American church, I think plays a part in perpetuating this mindset. Yeah. You know, as we discussed just recently, Transformation Church and, you know, Michael Todd, he's just one of many, but, you know, every sermon is about you and they're all about the battles that you faced, obstacles in your way, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, how it's been hard for you and God knows it's been hard for you. Right? That does nothing to strengthen the resolve of Christians in this nation. That really only fosters this mindset that, you know, like, you know what? It has been hard for me. I didn't realize until I showed up at church just how hard my life was. I've had people speak this way to me like they maybe see something in my life that's like normal, just, you know, just caring for your children. Every parent gets stressed out. But there's just some people that are like, you need a break. Oh, my gosh, look at all you're doing. Like, does anybody help you? Like, they feed that into your mind and make you feel sorry for yourself and stop being grateful for everything you have. Like, they completely steal the joy even of your stressful work, like you still have a pride, a pride in your accomplishments, you know, not that kind of a pride. It's not sin. No, I mean, parenting is one of the main ones. My goodness, the way people talk about parenting, like it's the world's most difficult. Yeah, like every time like, oh, parents just need a break sometimes. And yeah, you know, the kids and you know, that you see the commercials and everything's about just how exhausting and difficult and you're like, you know, and we get it again, right? Everybody's different, different situations. But Nikki and I have four kids and 
there's been times in our you know life where we've had friends and you know they have their one baby you know and they come over and they're talking like oh my goodness just when do i even sleep and yada and me and nikki would look at each other like <laughs> okay <laughs> like we get it you know we're not going to make comments because everyone's different maybe you are really struggling but it's just kind of funny you know like you know you think that's a lot right wait till you got three and then you know we have four kids and we have friends that have nine they're like you think four's hard what i wouldn't give for four kids right like you know but it is kind of funny and parenting is definitely a way that you see that you yeah, know? you're not a victim people really want because... you to understand how difficult you have it as a parent and you're like i don't think it's that hard i mean it's frustrating at times but it's not that hard right and i like my kids i'm blessed to have them right like now my dog in life i know story. <laughs> is he a blessing <laughs> Yes, pray for us. I need to repent for my feelings towards my dog. He's a good dog, but I don't care for dogs. What about the the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? What happened to people believe it in that? Oh, we hate that <laughs> mindset nowadays. I mean, ours is like, what doesn't kill you, you should sue for reparations. Because it hurts you in some way. I mean, like It makes you weaker. Now it is. That is the saying. Yeah, like everything. And again, even in the church, right? All you hear is life's difficult and you've been mistreated. Therefore, so many God's sermons. Help you. Yeah, all the songs about overcoming your battles. So many sermons. You could type in like on YouTube, like sermon about overcoming a battle or fighting my Goliath. Yeah. You will see hundreds. Yeah, it's amazing how many Goliaths, Red Seas, yep. you know, the modern Christian has had to have God part and defeat. You're like, man, there's a lot of Goliaths in your life. Like, But then people start reading scripture in that way. They place themselves in it or they just personify things or things that aren't meant to be read like, like this is this is my life right here. This is this is about my situation. And like, no, that's, that's about Jesus. Right. And that's the problem. And again, <laughs> we talked about this during our Mike Todd um, sort of discussion. If you want to hear that again, back on the channel where we kind of encourage Christians to steer clear of Mike Todd and transformation. And really all churches like that, where every verse is about you in the, in the Bible, you know? So yeah, you read David and Goliath and it's not about God. It's not about, you know, God delivering us. It's like, you know, Goliath is your problem. Goliath you're, is your work environment. You're David. <laughs> yeah, your, you know, rocky relationships are the Red Sea that God's going to part for you. And like, no, uh -huh. man, and it's, it's never, it winds up being all about you instead of all about Christ. Exactly. And that's a big problem, you know. So, and I just think ultimately... I mean, really, this victimhood mindset, it's a loser's mindset. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to say that in a way that's, I don't mean to be harsh, you know, or call anybody a loser, but it's a loser's mindset. And Christians are to be, we're supposed to have a victorious mindset. Um, John chapter 10, verse 10, Christ says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. But a victim mindset stunts your ability for an abundant life because it confuses the areas where we should see this abundance. And this is what so much of the problem of the American gospel is. It's generally focused on the physical, you know, the worldly or the fleshly abundance. So all these battles and all these, they're 
worldly, fleshly yeah. battles. It's your workplace. It's your kids. It's your relationship. It's your finances. But the real battle is the battle with sin. It's not outward. Our battle is with our own self, with the flesh. We are told to die to the flesh. That's the battle. And walking in love. I mean, this is all spiritual. Loving your enemies and saying no to your flesh. That's the main battle. Yeah, and that's why all of these sort of churches, we feel like, really get it wrong. Because Christ... He cares about the spiritual. He cares about your heavenly abundance. Like Nikki said, we're supposed to die to the fleshly. Oh, I have a battle in the fleshly realm. Good, die to it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. There you battle's over. God's not die gonna to just it. like remove the difficult person from your life. Nope. You are called to love that person. And then this whole thing with toxic people. You just need to avoid the toxic people in your life. That's a that's a toxic relationship. You just need to cut them off. Where does it say that in scripture? Aren't we all toxic? We all have toxic sins, toxic traits. And we're all being told this thing, like we're just trying to judge another person. If they do something we don't like, or they have a weird personality. This is like our uh, discussion with us being bigots and getting banned. It's like, you have toxic people in your life. So like you cut a whole bunch of people off in your life and you're not toxic, but somehow they are. You're like, aren't you the one that just ended a whole bunch of relationships? But you're not toxic. They are. You're like, doesn't that seem backwards? You, I don't know how to back that up with scripture. Even the person who you have to remove from the church body who's in unrepentant sin, you're supposed to still um, admonish them as a brother. Um, you're not supposed to like, you know, fellowship with them. Because you want them to be, you know, sorry for their sin, but you're not, because they're not, I guess you could call them the toxic person, but you love them and you don't just cut them off from fellowship. So you couldn't even use that scripture to support cutting someone off and just never talking to them again. Right. But again, that's where the American church is completely backwards because they're going to welcome the sinner in with open arms right. and never correct the sin. Exactly. But now you'll have the complementarian husband who's a toxic person that needs to be removed from your fellowship. We're not, we don't want any of those strong adherents to the Bible. Bring in all the non-binary Anglican pastors. We got nothing but room for those folk. But the guy who believes in male headship in the church Get that toxic masculinity <laughs> out of here. Right? Like it's completely flipped uh. on his head. But, you know, the Bible is clear that our walk of faith is not going to be easy for Christians. It's abundantly clear that that is the case. Um, that persecution, you know, scoffing, hardships, and even hatred will come our way. So if your mindset is weak and victim oriented or oriented, you're not going to be an encouragement to others and a builder up of people's faith. You're going to serve as a stumbling block. And we see this in so many mm -hmm. people because they are stumbling blocks. Like we just talked about with the parent, you know, everything. Oh, your job is so hard and kids are so stressful. And how do you do it? And now you're in your own head going, it is really hard. Mm -hmm. It is really stressful. Instead of having them encourage you going, 
yeah, you know, I understand that kids can be, you know, a lot to handle, but what a blessing you got four healthy kids. And yeah. Just think what it's going to be like at Christmas when they're all home with their husbands and wives and their grandkids. And exactly. Oh, how beautiful. And Or to say, like, I can see the Lord working in you. Like, praise God that he gives you strength. Like, say something that causes the person to give thanks to God. Yeah, and we're going to link a sermon for our sermon recommendation. We're going to have, I think, probably three sermon recommendations at the end of this. But the one from Paul David Tripp, I believe, is who it is. And he talks mm. about parenting. And he kind of makes this point that, you know, all these problems that you have with your kids and the rearing of your kids, it's a grace from God. Like, God put these kids in your life. He gave them to you to rear. So when these issues come up, they're not problems. They're opportunities for grace. Now, I haven't learned this yet fully. Pray mm-hmm. for me. But it made a lot of sense, right? When your kids are bickering back and forth in the car, it's an opportunity for you to mold them because that's the way God's designed us. God doesn't just, we're not robots. He doesn't just, oh, he needs more instruction in uh, speaking with kindness. Let me get a software update. And now he's more kind. He says, you need to learn kindness. So I'm going to put you in a situation And your parents, if they're good, godly parents, will speak to you and instruct you in kindness. And again, it's not going to take overnight. It might be a 10, 15 year battle of constantly. But if you take it as that, is it's this is my task from God to extend grace to this child and teach them in the way they should go. I mean, that's what it means to, you know, train up a child in the way they should go. Um, Mm -hmm. So, again, we're kind of. This isn't meant to be all about parenting, but that's a really clear example where you see this sort of people pushing you to be a victim and encouraging you to be a victim rather than encouraging you to have a Christian mindset of going, yeah, this is all really stressful. Thank goodness that I have the Holy Spirit inside of me who gives me the grace to make it through. And now Mm -hmm. I'm able to see what these blessings that God has given me and what a blessing for sleepless nights. That means you have kids that you're taking care of. What a blessing that is. And it's not easy to see in the moment, but hopefully after a good night's rest, you can wake up. And then when your friends go, oh, that's so difficult. You can go, no, it was amazing to sit up all night with my, you know, young child in a rocking chair. I mean, what a precious moment, right? So that's definitely, you know, one where you see that, but. But isn't that just dying to the flesh? Like. It is putting others before yourself. It's an opportunity to be like Jesus and being like Jesus is hard. It's it's always going to be uncomfortable for our flesh because we are selfish. Yeah, no, it's for sure an opportunity to die. And that's the way we should look at these. um, These, you know, these things that pop up in our life and there's millions of them every single day. But, you know. I mean, just, I guess, first going back to that, you know, complementarianism, as we already mentioned, it is an oppression. Just in case you're wondering, that's not oppression, it's biblical. Uh, Male headship in the home and in the church is biblical. uh, So it can't be oppression because it's true, right? That's like anytime someone's like, you're being offensive. And you're like, the truth can't be offensive, right? You just may not like it. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make it offensive. Um, But secondly, the world is against us. If we're Christians, the world is against us, and it has always been against us. Um, We're just blessed enough to be born in this sort of brief time of respite called America. This is not the norm in the history Mm -hmm. of the world or the history of the church. 
and it will not be a lasting situation for Christians. I mean, go read Matthew 24, Mark 13, or Luke 21. Real persecution is in store for Christians. And even now, real persecution is happening today to our brothers and sisters around the world. Do you want to read those stats, honey? And this is just from an article from Christianity Today. Mm. <clears throat> Every day, 13 Christians worldwide are killed because of their faith. Every day, 12 churches or Christian buildings are attacked. And every day, 12 Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned, and another five are abducted. Yeah, so, you know, that's real Christian trauma, mm -hmm. right? You know, your husband, your wife is beheaded, thrown in prison for their Christian faith. That's some real trauma that you're dealing with. Your and church just, just gets firebombed in Nigeria. Yeah, that's a difficult spot to be in. Um, yeah, but it's like, was it Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Or like, I was not counted worthy to suffer for Christ. Or you know, like, to be counted worthy to go through persecution. But it was a famous German. Though that was Martin Luther. Martin Luther, okay. But yeah, no, I mean, again, that was his cry. He was... He wept that he wasn't counted worthy to be martyred That's for right. his faith. I mean, think about that. Nowadays, we have people that, you know, my boyfriend said he should be the leader of our house, and I'm broken and oppressed over it. And Martin, you know, 600 years ago, is crying that he wasn't killed for his faith. Different mindset. You wonder why one changed the world and the other was ruining the world. You can uh, just see how so many Christians of this mindset her they're not gonna make it like if you can't handle this and you're offended by little things and you call it trauma like you're gonna see trauma one day i don't know how you're gonna handle that no and that's why you know we need to be speaking against sin of course which is again another area that modern american church is falling woefully short but we also need to be speaking of walking in righteousness as believers. And then the counter to that is we need to be speaking about, you know, succumbing to this worldly desire for victimhood. Because I think maybe it is inherent in humans that we do have this desire. I don't know if it's everybody. Uh, I mean, I certainly don't feel like I have a desire to be a victim, but mm -mm. I don't want to put it past me. You know, it but it will bring glory to God. You don't want to just be a victim of. Well, but I'm thinking more of like the victim mentality where it's fake victimhood, um, because maybe there's something fleshly satisfying about yeah. oh, being yeah. oppressed and I'm overcoming and nobody, you know, and I don't know what it is. I mean, it doesn't sound appealing, but I'm not going to put it past me. But it, we need to be speaking against it so that people are aware of it. Your pastor should be speaking about it. We mm -hmm. should be speaking about it. That, that a victimhood mentality and, you know, delusionally oppressed mentality is an anti-Christ, anti-Christian mentality. Mm -hmm. um, we're supposed to be overcomers. That should be our mentality. We're supposed to be victorious. Um, we're supposed to be joyful in persecution. Yeah, be thankful. Because if you're just focused on yourself and your own issues and how oppressed you think you are you're not your eyes aren't going to be open to 
to help anybody else. You're just going to be woe is me and nobody's going to want to be around around you if you're like that. Well, a lot of times it even, you know, God uses difficult circumstances, you know, trials and these sorts of things to shape us and mold us. So in a sense, you're kind of complaining and shaking your fist at God. Yeah. That he might have put you in a situation to mold you and to build, you know, perseverance and these sorts of things. But instead, you've just succumbed to victimhood and now you're shaking your fist at the world and God. And that's a sin, clearly. I mean, if you're shaking your fist at God, you're sinning. So rather than trying to learn the lesson that's being taught to you and Mm -hmm. what should I do to grow and adapt and in my faith, whatever happens to be, how should I lean into God to get through this moment? Instead, you're complaining and bickering and gossiping and whining. I mean, you're sinning against God in that moment. And, you know, and again, Mm -hmm. we'll caveat for the third time today. You know, this doesn't mean that people aren't really mistreated. It doesn't mean that all difficulty is somehow a blessing from God. There is real trauma, real suffering and abuse. Um, But like so many areas in our life and really the whole world that we live in, we've got to be able to sort out the true from the false. Um, Mm -hmm. Because Christians are to use discernment. That's something we are to use actively in our daily lives. You know, so we live in Albuquerque, right? So like who is homeless and really in need? And who's a drug addict that just needs a few bucks for their fix? We want to help one. We don't want to help the other. So you got to use discernment there. So we need discernment. And I would say we need to pray for courage from our pastors. Um, But we also need to pray that we personally don't allow this sinful pleasure of victimhood to affect us and then lead us into a place of ineffectiveness in our Christian faith. You know, because we should be aware that our lives as believers, as we said, they're not going to be easy. If it is easy, praise God for it and prepare that it won't always be that way. You know, we should pray to be of the apostles mindset. Um, Do you want to read this? Acts chapter 5, verse 40 and 41. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. That's probably what Martin Luther was talking about there. (laughs) Counted worthy to suffer. I'm sure it was of the same mindset. You know, but we aren't victims when we suffer for Christ. That's the mindset we have to have. We're victors when we suffer. Mm. We're blessed when we're persecuted. Uh, It says, you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives, Jesus uh, says to us in Luke chapter 21, verse 17 and 19. You will be hated by all (laughs) for my name's sake. And in Luke 21, even talks about who the all are. You're going to be offered up to prison by your family. I mean, those closest to you, you're going to be hated by. And that is a blessing to us to be persecuted. So, you know, be blessed when others correct you, uh, especially Mm -hmm. when they correct you in your sin, because they're doing you a kindness. So you should be humble in that moment. Be grateful when people in your life love God and his word enough to really live out his commandments in their lives. I mean, again, it's a blessing 
that you should learn from them and follow their example. And then resist the oppressed victim mindset because it's a weakness. We're made victors in Christ already. Though persecution and difficulty definitely comes our way, we should be counting it joy to suffer for our king because he first suffered for you. So why should we, I mean, again, we've talked about cheap grace and costly grace plenty of times. Mm -hmm. It's a cheap grace mindset to think Christ would come and suffer for me, but I better not suffer for him. That's cheap Mm -hmm. grace and we should reject that. Yeah, I mean, just thinking the disciples, um, they were glad to suffer. And we should pray to have the courage to stand for the truth, knowing persecution will come in whatever form, just rejection of your family, you know, being called names or whatever. And if we don't have the courage (laughs) to stand for the truth in something minor where we're not going to be hurt physically, um, we want to be able to stand, you know, in all types of persecution. But yeah, we need to pray for the courage and that we would be full of joy in that suffering, that we wouldn't feel sorry for ourselves, that we would rejoice. Yeah, and that just comes with a mindset change. You know, as we talked about, God uses these situations to mold us and shape us, build perseverance. Mm. So if you look at it from that mindset, then you do have a chance to grow. But when your mindset is to shake your fist at God and cry and whine about trauma, you're not going to grow from that situation. So just consider uh, our points. If you disagree with us, again, we'd love to hear from you. Come jump on social media. Let us know. Our email is listed down there in the show notes. You can send me an email. I'd love to hear from you guys. But we just want to end here. Well, do you have any final thoughts before we roll into sermon recommendations? No, that was it, what I said. Okay. So as we mentioned, we have multiple sermon recommendations for you guys here. Um, We have one. It's a short clip, not necessarily a sermon recommendation, but it's from a Ben Shapiro interview with Dave Ramsey. It's about an eight minute clip, but it's just a really good um, short discussion from Dave Ramsey on avoiding the victim mindset, Mm. you know, and uh, Dave Ramsey, obviously a very smart guy, kind of a a common sense kind of guy. So that's a good clip to listen to. And then we have the two sermons, one from Jeff Durbin on suffering well, which is, again, something we all need to learn. And then we're going to include the Paul David Tripp discussion on really uh, seeing the child rearing experience through the eyes of grace. And I think that's a really good, even if you don't have kids yet, but you are considering having kids, if you have grandkids and you can instruct your older kids now on how to raise their kids appropriately, definitely something I wish I could rewind my life and uh, experience raising my kids viewing things through a lens of grace rather than frustration probably would have been better for us. Um, But those are all good sermons. I encourage you to listen to them. But otherwise, we will be back on Monday. We got our daily devotionals uh, Monday through Friday. And then again, we will be back on Saturday. We don't know what life has in store for us in the news, um, but we will try to get back on track with our Bible topic of discussing knowing sin 
uh, the book by Mark Jones. We're still trying to make our way through that. So please come and join us. Uh, if you got a spare second, consider dropping a like, subscribe, follow whatever your platform has for you. Um, consider leaving us a nice review, maybe a comment. We'd appreciate all that as well. But that's all we got for you guys today. God bless. <laughs>